into the contest. It's Thursday the 29th of July. Welcome to Afternoon Sport, our deep dive. Shane Lee. Now, Shane, um, boy, oh boy, Sky Nicholson, I know you're an emotional guy, uh, as am I. I've got one daughter, you've got two. To watch this young boxer and her post-match interview or her post-fight interview after going out at the Olympic Games, it was heartbreaking, wasn't it? It was heartbreaking, mate. And yes, I'm I'm not normally a very emotional guy, but uh, this just brought this brought a few tears to my eyes, mate. It was really really hard to watch. She um she was thought in her own head she was going to win gold. Um, she was knocked out on a close decision, but this comes Sky Nicholson comes 29 years after her brother Jamie um, was a Commonwealth um, Games uh, bronze medalist, um, and Jamie and her other brother Gavin, before she was born, um, both died in a car accident. Mm. So she was fighting for more than herself, and she just slumped on the ground, and you know, and was just really totally disappointed in herself, and gave herself a really hard time. It was it was bloody hard to watch, mate? Yeah, it certainly was. And and she said she'd come for gold, and anything else was going to be not good enough. Hopefully, over the course of time, she'll have enough time to digest that. Just getting there is a gold medal in itself. So our thoughts are with her. We do have the state of origin jersey, the signed state of origin jersey. Come on, we don't have a lot of days left on this one, so get in, follow us after sport on Twitter or our Facebook page and you could win that signed jersey. Today on the show we have the voice of football Martin Tyler of course the Ollie Roos with a big loss last night and of course Robbie McEwen one of our greatest ever cyclists. Afternoon sport Alright Shane, Paul Vaughan, well uh, Paul Vaughan's barbecue will go down in Australian sporting folklore, the the ramifications, it's basically put a dagger through the dragon season, he's not there anymore, but the Bulldogs have thrown him a lifeline, Phil Gould obviously acknowledged he's a, he's a great player, Paul Vaughan has represented New South Wales, um, but surely he's got to make the most of this. Yeah, it's a one-year deal, but I'm going to check with our producer, Dan McHugh, because were we giving away a doggies jersey on afternoon sport? Did Paul Vaughan win it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no there, was a, there, there was a great a great Bulldog supporter named Hus Habib right. who won the Bulldog supporter uh, jersey <laughs> a number of weeks ago. Well, anyway, but um, yeah, Paul Vaughan, he has to make the most of this, mate, because uh, that was a debacle not only for himself but for his family but um, and, and for the Saints. Um, so a lifeline um, at the doggies, mate. Let's see how he goes. Yeah, well, they're starting to build. They've got the Fox coming on board, Phil Gould taking mm. over that uh, that major general manager of football role. So uh, they need to turn around. They've got a very passionate fan base. Now, quickly, uh, AFL, Eddie Maguire, very clever guy, has had some great ideas in, in the past. They're desperate to have a grand final at the MCG after losing it last year. There's a plan in place, a very costly plan, millions of dollars that he's put forward that – uh, anyone with a ticket needs to get a certain amount of COVID tests and go through all that rigmarole. It's a lot of trust in a lot of people to to get a big crowd at the MCG when you know they're just opening the windows again now. It's not going to happen, Timmy. This is not going to happen. It's um, it, it is pie in the sky, um, as you mentioned off air. And look, I know how passionate Eddie is about his football and about Melbourne, but you cannot rely on people to do that and put put at risk the whole state. Yeah, uh, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I find it very hard to think, unless they go days of zero for a long, long time, that they will mm. hold a grand final with any type of crowd. All right, this is Afternoon Sport. Coming up, we have the voice of football, Martin Tyler, the Olly Roos out, the Matildas on to play Great Britain. 
All right, let's talk the world game, and we've got the voice that we all know and love so much. Martin Tyler, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I've had a couple of weeks' break since the final of the Euro 2020 and all the intensity of that competition. So now counting the days before resuming another season um, with the Community Shield to come. And then, of course, the start of the Premier League, which starts on Friday August the 13th, our time, Friday the 13th, not one for the superstitious, but uh, <laughs> it's certainly a day in my diary that I'm looking forward to very much. And Martin, um, just watching the results of the Olympics, we'll start with the men. Um, some mixed results there, we're, we're approaching the quarterfinals now, aren't we? Yes, I mean, the Olympic is, um, for us, it's obviously a slightly controversial issue because in terms of football we're, we're never GB and, mm. and obviously we're all different countries and bring the, the teams together which had to happen in 2012 uh, has done obviously a lot more for the women's game than it has for the um, mm. the men's game and it, is it am I right saying it's GB against Australia yeah and that, that well let's let's look at that game on Friday because it's an interesting one isn't it uh, Australia sort of scrambled the Matildas scrambled their way into the quarters with that draw against the United States which is a great result isn't it because they're the powerhouse of women's football but this is a, this is an interesting one isn't it it's uh, it's hard to pick a winner yes I, I obviously know a, a little bit about the GB team we on the channel that I work for over here Sky Sports we have the new deal with the Women's Super League and I've done a few interviews during the lockdown period, one of which it was with Ellen White, who um, I did some research on the goals that she scored. Obviously, she's been the main scorer in this mm. tournament. She's one of the best one-touch finishers I've ever seen in football. Wow. Um, she gets these goals in a predatory sort of way. Um, yeah, the, the goals that she's scored so far are very typical. Uh, it's, a, it's a real talent. It's something that's very hard to coach. And the interview that we did, um, it didn't matter about gender. It was a real admiration of how she has become a great goal scorer. So um, beware, Ellen, uh, from the Matilda's point of view. Um, but it's always a, a great contest, whether it's England or Scotland or anybody from over here against uh, against Australia. And um, that's one I shall certainly find room for in my viewing when it, it comes up um, in a couple of days' time. What, what about Sam Kerr, Martin? What do you make of Sam Kerr? She's uh, obviously a superstar for Australia. She plays in England. Um, what do you make of her? Funny, I've just been speaking to the Arsenal um, medical friend of mine who's taken over the Arsenal side about the differences between um, abilities between that they've got players in the Matilda squad, players in the GB squad, and in other squads as well. And I do think generally the women's game is is really moving on a pace. It's 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 a great watch. Um, the I suppose the talent is not obscured by the sheer physicality of the men's game, you know, and, and the, the, the technique to survive at the top in women's football is is absolutely brilliant. Um, and I think it's long overdue that we pay tribute to um, uh, the stars for every nation that are carrying the game forward and making sure that it's a sport. We've always been proud of, from the very chauvinistic men's point of view, been proud of, yeah, it's for, you can be tall, short, doesn't matter which country you come from, it's the world game, anybody. But we never really did proper respect to gender. And I, I've learned that, that, um, 
Uh, and obviously the women's game wasn't so um, wasn't so provided for. There weren't professional clubs, so it was it was different. It probably wasn't as watchable. I did uh, some games in the eighties, and they were the very best games, but uh, in terms of the level available at the time, but they weren't necessarily anywhere near what we're seeing now. So, uh, and I've got a thirty-year-old son who watches more women's football than than um, men, the men's game. He absolutely loves it. He brought up in football, but he loves. Mm. The way they go about it. So, um, I, I think just without really going too deep into individual players and how they how they um, are successful, uh, I'm full of admiration for it, and I and I have learned to really enjoy watching it. I'm, I'm waiting to see whether I get the call now. We've got it on our channel. Whether I'll be asked to do some broadcasting on it. And I, if yeah, I, I, I certainly won't, I won't say no. That's for sure. Yeah, well, well, Sam Kerr, basically, it looks like that these two powerhouses, her and, of course, you mentioned Ellen before, um, they are they are the mojos, they are the strike force, those sort of X factors in both the teams. It's going to be a cracking game, nothing like a little bit of uh, Ashes fever, even in football. But, Martin, great to talk to you. And, and to you guys, as always. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, one of our greatest ever cyclists. He had speed to burn, Robbie McEwen. Rugby. It's a game they play in heaven. Look out for our podcast, The Running Game, where Matt Dunning joins me, Tim Gilbert. Each week, we speak to players, coaches and legends of the game. We look at the game from every angle at all levels, from test rugby, the club game, city to country and the way it's played at school. The Running Game. Come find us on your podcast app. All right, of course, he's one of Australia's greatest ever cyclists. 12 stage wins at the Tour de France, three green jerseys, three Olympic Games. Robbie McEwen, how are you? Uh, good, Tim. Good, good, good. Robbie Shane Lee here, mate. Uh, let's start with um, how we performed so far at the cycling and some big events coming up, obviously, and, and some real hopes. Where, where do our hopes lie, do you think? Well, after the now the road racing is mm. finished, where the, the road races themselves, so they were tough and they're always, I wouldn't say they're a lottery because, you know, usually the best ones win. Sometimes they're surprises. The, the Australians acquitted themselves okay in the road races, but uh, no medals there. But in the time trials, they rode really well. Grace Brown and um, Sarah Gigante in the women's time trial were fourth and 11th. And, of course, uh, Rowan Dennis yesterday won a bronze medal in the men's time trial. So that was a fantastic performance. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, things are, are, are well on track. And talking of track, there's always big medal possibilities there. We've got the, the men's and women's teams pursuits. Um, they're huge chances of gold medals as well. Um, our sprinters, you know, Matthew Glatzer, I, I hope after what for him was a disappointing Commonwealth Games a couple of years ago, he can bounce back now at Olympics and, and have a big one. Um, but one of the things I'm really excited about outside of the track racing, which traditionally we've, we've always done well at, is the, the BMX freestyle. Yes. Um, there's a, a young bloke from up here, the Gold Coast, uh, called Logan Martin. He's the current world champion. He, he won that championship uh, about a, well, six, seven weeks ago in France. He is the raging favourite for the BMX Freestyle Gold Medal. Um, they have their seeding runs on Saturday and the finals on Sunday. And I, I tell you, tune in and watch it. It's around lunchtime on Sunday. Okay. What these blokes can do on their BMX bikes in the air is just ridiculous. Well, wow. yeah. They've got us covered from our chemist runs in the old days. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With the yeah, compared to having the milk crate on the front of the BMX and uh, <laughs> taking taking their hands off the bars and thinking you were killing it. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I, I don't know how these blokes they they think 
this is what I'm going to do in the air. It's going to be a double backflip with three whips of the bike while I'm upside down. I'm just going to land it perfectly and go straight into a double alley-oop on the other side. It is just crazy. It's so good to watch. Robbie, just on that, so you you actually started yourself in BMX, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, BMX racing. And and so what are your thoughts on the introduction of, say, like skateboarding? Like I was just walking down Balmoral yesterday and uh, I don't know if it's part of being locked down here in Sydney or – but the skate park was full itself. So – the knock-on effect for these introduction to new sports is huge, isn't it? It is, and it's the future. It's the way to get young people involved. I mean, mm. these are sports that never existed when the Olympics were you know, invented, and obviously they're, they're moving with the times, which I think is great, introducing you know, BMX freestyle, skateboarding, surfing, um, even as a demonstration event in Tokyo's breakdancing. You know, that's taken it back to the 80s, if you ask that's, me. But anyway. That's, that's Timmy's area. Yeah, I've seen <laughs> Timmy can do it. He does a, an unreal worm. If you see him late enough at night. He can... <laughs> you, could probably, you could probably describe it as a worm, but often I'm not able to get to my feet. That's probably why it, why it happens that way. <laughs> More of a slug. Timmy calls it the slug, yeah. Oh, yeah, the slug, the moth. Uh, now, Rob um, – what about the three Olympic Games? Because it's so different to what you were doing. The Tour de France, I mean, it all does look glamorous from, from our TV sets with the beautiful shots of the mountains, but it's a tough grind when you're, when you're in it. Um, the Olympic Games must have been so different. And, and to race in Sydney and you know, in front of home crowds. Yeah, it was uh, Olympics is something really special. And I was really fortunate in the, the first year I turned professional, that was 96 uh, Atlanta Games. And that was the first year that professionals were allowed to race the Olympics. So I sort of nailed it and being able to turn pro and ride the games as well. And, you know, having done three, Atlanta, Sydney, and then Athens in 04, um, it's just, it's an awesome moment to, out, it's different to any other one day race because you're out there representing your country at something that only happens every four years. And it's, it is really, really special. Um, again, the, the road race, it's just so hard to do well in, you're up, you know, 200 of the world's best, uh, over 240K, and you, you're trying to win it. So I'd, I didn't win a medal in my games, but they're, they are definitely still some of the best memories from my career, being able to represent Australia and, and race at Olympic Games. Robbie, cycling itself is such a diverse sport. Um, I'm, I'm making an assumption here, but I'm assuming you do well in Olympics. That, that could convert potentially to sponsorship outside of the Olympics? Uh, yeah, it, it can. For... Um, professional riders, it's more about their their year-long sponsors that are on board or, or if you're a professional road cyclist, you, you race for a team. It's like if you play for, say, uh, one of the NRL or AFL teams, you're under mm-hmm. contract, you get you get paid every month, you know what you're going to get at the end of the year. Yep. Um, but if you do well at Olympics, it does, I think definitely in Australia, it opens scope for other external sponsors yep. to come on board if, you, if your contract allows for that and you know, a little bit extra, but I think outside of that, it it sort of um, it makes you known to the the wider public who mm. may not necessarily really follow your sport, but they follow Olympics and they yes. get inspired. And um, actually, there's one more cycling thing I, I forgot to mention: is the BMX racing itself is right. also going to be unbelievable. And we've got uh, we got two in it. We got uh, in the men's um, uh, uh, Dean and. In the women's Saya Sakakibara, okay. uh, who's got Japanese parents, she's Australian, and she's a good medal chance. Yeah, okay. We'll watch that with interest. Now, Rob, what about the athlete the other day who thought they'd won and they actually came second? Did Did you ever have a moment like that? Uh, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it, it can happen. But, I mean, that, that was a shocker. I mean, the, the coaches, someone's going to have to answer to that one, you know, not knowing that someone's three minutes up the road. I mean, mm. it can happen in the, in the confusion of a race that you think you might have won. And, but, um, yeah, that, that was a, a shocker. It's just, uh, yeah, lack of information, a bit embarrassing for her. But the good news is that was Annemiek van Vluten, the Dutch woman. If you remember yeah. back to Rio, she was leading the women's road race. She stacked it on her head. She was a certain gold medal. She had it won. She stacked it, nearly bloody killed herself. Mm. Um, she's come back at this Games. She then she had the disappointment, thought she'd won the road race, found out someone was up the road, she got silver. She bounced back yesterday and won the women's time trial, finally got her gold medal. So talk yeah, about absolutely. perseverance. Rob, always great to chat. Love working with you. And uh, we'll catch up real soon. All right. Thanks, fellas. Thanks, Shane. Thanks, Timmy. Cheers, mate. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you today to Martin Tyler and to Robbie McEwen. And a big thank you to X-Blades. Yes, our new sponsors, X-Blades, www.xblades.com.au. Yeah, great to have them on board. And, of course, our wonderful producer, Mr. Dan McHugh, will be back tomorrow for the final day of the week, your daily dose of sport.